You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We wrap up the week here on Listen Up and What a Football Game last night. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look ahead to the games this weekend, and tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I'm going to talk about some memories from 20 years ago, but we started off talking about that game last night. What a dandy of a matchup, 31-29, the final. I mean, it went back and forth. I mean, really, when you look at that contest, the Cowboys should have won the game for a couple of reasons, all right? They won the turnover battle. That's number one. Uh, and number two, that no pass interference call on Godwin with under 30 seconds left is a disgrace. That's an absolute disgrace. That's a offensive pass interference penalty in New England. Would have backed them up. Would have been very, very difficult with no timeouts left and the time remaining to get in the field goal range. I would never say doubt Tom Brady, but that was a horrible call. You can't make, in my opinion, you can't miss a call like that in that situation because that cost the Dallas Cowboys the game. I mean, I was very impressed with Prescott. I was impressed with the receivers. I was a, a very, very, uh, very impressed with a lot of the aspects that I saw on the Dallas defense. And I don't even have to talk about Tom Brady. I mean, good Lord. I mean, how good is that guy? Seriously. To do what he's doing at his age, remarkable, remarkable game. But I hate to see an excellent game come down to a bad missed call. That's just a bad missed call. Now, I really don't know how the officials missed that. I really don't. And that that's very unfortunate. I say it's very unfortunate because, especially in everyone else saw it, how come the officials can't see it? Bad news for the Cowboys today. Starting right tackle, Aleel Collins, suspended for five games for violating the league's substance abuse policy. So no Zach Martin last night. He'll be back next week at the Chargers. But now you, once again, have to juggle that offensive line and no Collins. So that is certainly not the news that the Dallas Cowboys were hoping for uh, the day after a gut-wrenching loss. And that was gut-wrenching. Now, there are a couple of things about this game. You know, Dallas, the inability to run the football. Uh, you know, again, we know that Tampa's defense is really, really good against the run. So I'm not that surprised. You don't want to see Prescott have to throw the ball you know, that many times in a game, you know, Dallas is going to have to figure out a way to get that running game going. Uh, defensively, you know, again, there were some improvements that I saw. You know, Parsons on defense looks like the real deal. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sloppy. They had some bad turnovers in that game. And that's what kept the game close. 
But for a first game, I mean, the NFL could not have asked for a better matchup. They could have asked for better officiating, but that was a dandy, a dandy of a contest. So if you want to talk about that game, again, hit that icon, the hand icon, and I'll put you right on, and we will have some fun uh, talking about this. We'll get into the games this weekend, and tomorrow, of course, is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Where were you on 9-11, and what do you remember about 9-11? I had an incident happen in my house that I doubt very much happened in too many other households in America. My wife at the time was a flight attendant for American Airlines based out of San Francisco. And after the second tower crumbled, about 30 minutes later, the doorbell to our house rang. And my buddy who lives around the corner, a pilot for United Airlines based out of San Francisco, walks in, hugs my wife. They break down, didn't even say anything to each other. They just held each other and hugged and and sobbed. And I'll never, ever, ever forget that scene on 9-11-2001, early in the morning. Because you got to remember, West Coast, big difference. Early in the morning in my kitchen. Two American Airlines planes, two United Airlines planes, thinking about, you know, going Flight 93 from Newark to San Francisco. You know, right away, besides the fact that they were trying to envision the horror that were, would be going on on that aircraft. Did they know anybody? Did they have any friends working on the flights? Um, yeah, I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll never, ever forget that. You know, I grew up watching the towers being built. Uh, my dad ended up working after he moved his office from Midtown to Lower Manhattan, one block from the trade centers. Uh, I had been in both towers a number of times. The last time I was on the observation deck, was the summer of 86, I believe, right before I moved to California. I remember being on the Windows on the World restaurant on June 17th, 1978. And the reason why I remember it, I was there with my girlfriend from college. My birthday was the next day. But I remember it because when we got in the taxi after dinner, the Yankee game was on the radio and Ron Guidry was pitching for the Yankees against the Angels. And when we got into the cab, it was the ninth inning, and Phil Rizzuto and the Yankee announcers were going crazy, and the crowd in the background you could hear going crazy. Ron Gidry struck out 18 angels that night. <laughs> That's what I remember getting into uh, the taxi on June 17th. Uh, that would be 1978. So what are your memories of 20 years ago? What sticks out to you 20 years ago? Where were you when you first heard of the news and what were you doing come join me today hit that hand icon and we'll talk about this if you want to talk about the game last night uh we will do that as well but i just figured the 20th anniversary of 9 11 i i can't believe the 20 years has passed uh since that fateful day that awful day 20 years ago so many people that might even be listening right now that were too young or weren't even born yet. Uh, I talked about this on my podcast. If you walk anywhere in Manhattan 
and I mean anywhere, but particularly lower Manhattan, and you pass a firehouse, just about every time they've got the, the, the big door open, all right? And if you just look on the wall of any firehouse in New York City, you will see the pictures of the fallen firefighters from that station, from 9-11, with their pictures and their names and a tribute on every single wall in every single fire station in Manhattan. I've seen it so many times, and it just gives you chills. It is just brings the enormity and the amazing, just like not thinking twice about it, running in the harm's way, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, running into a building and they never came out of it. And you know what? I would wager to say that if they had to do it all over again, they would. Those are special, special, special human beings. And the Port Authority police, the firefighters, the police, the first responders, what happened 20 years ago was truly remarkable. But if you're ever in Manhattan and you just take a walk and you pass a fire station, all right, doesn't matter where in Manhattan, but they're about every three or four blocks apart down in lower Manhattan, you will see not just one or two, but you will see many faces on the wall and a tribute to those that lost their life on 9-11. It's chilling. And if you have also, if you have not been to the Freedom Tower and the fountains uh, down at lower Manhattan at Ground Zero, that's something else you really need to do. It's um, the fountains that, you know, they did a great job down there. Personally, I was hoping that they would rebuild the towers exactly the way they were. But when they built the Freedom Tower and where the two towers used to stay are now the huge fountains. And every single person that lost their life that day is memorialized right there on the fountains. It's, a, it's, it's unbelievably powerful. And again, if you get to New York, make that a part of your day. Seriously. And, and, you know, as far as going up to the Freedom Tower, that's up to you. I mean, it's an amazing view. And they did a really, really, really good job for the visitors that go into uh, that building. But to just just see the fountains, to see that site. Uh, and, and I have not yet been to the 9-11 Museum. I am going to go uh, the next time I'm there. I just have not yet been into the actual museum. But that is something uh, that I will do. So, you know, I would love to know where were you? on 9-11, what do you remember the most? And, you know, you reflect back to 20 years. I want to talk about that. Uh, obviously, the game last night, uh, listen, it was a dandy. I know if you're a Cowboys fan, that's got to be very painful with the way the game ended. That's a terrible no call on uh, Chris Godwin. That's pass interference. There's just no other way to say it. Uh, Sunday, the other games and wall-to-wall, I mean, uh, if you're on the West Coast, you've got the 49ers playing in Detroit. 
You've got the Rams hosting the Bears on Sunday night. You've got the Chargers taking on Washington in D.C. You've got the Raiders playing on Monday night against an injury-riddled Baltimore team. You've got all of that. And then, you know, some other really good games. I think the Cleveland-Kansas City game, I think the Miami at New England game, very interesting games. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on those very closely. I want to see if Buffalo can get a pass rush against Pittsburgh uh, in Orchard Park. Those are some of the the games that uh, jump out at me. But last night, man, and again, if you're a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you were pleased with what you saw from your quarterback, but you can't be pleased with what you saw uh, with that bad call. Because, you know, the Dallas should be 1-0. That cost them the game. They just cost them the game, plain and simple. And really, when you look at the game last night, we don't talk about this enough. You know, if you really want to get right down to it, the Tampa Bay special teams won the game last night. Think about it. The punter was phenomenal. Uh, the kicker was phenomenal. And their kickoff returns were phenomenal. Special teams. Really, when you think about it, the difference in the game. Zerline missed a chip shot field goal. He missed an extra point. I mean, how big do those points look, right? I mean, that that's we don't talk about special teams enough. We're always talking about the quarterbacks. We're talking about the pass rush. We don't talk about the special teams last night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 1-0, mainly because of a bad, bad, bad non-call and special teams. That's it. There's no other way to look at it. Special teams, the difference in that game last night. So if you want to talk about that again, hit that hand icon. We'll get you right on. Uh, If you have any uh, picks for this weekend, I would love to know your lock of the week and uh, what would be your upset of the week. It's sometimes difficult to pick upsets in week one because even though you look at the point spread, you're not really sure who's really – I mean, you you know Kansas City is going to be good. You know Buffalo is going to be good. You know Green Bay is going to be good. But there are a lot of teams in the middle of the pack, you know, the teams that you look at right now and you go, well, you know, they might be 8-8. and They could be – or now there's 17 games, but, you know, 9-8, and eight, or maybe you go 8-9. and nine. Maybe you look at a team that you think could win 11 games, but then you think, ah, you know, maybe they'll only win seven. There are a lot of teams like that uh, in the NFL. So if you have an upset of the week and a lock of the week, I would love to hear that as well. So hit that hand icon, come on with me, and uh, we will have fun getting you ready for the weekend because uh, we've got a lot to talk about. College football tomorrow. Maybe the Iowa-Iowa State game, 10 versus 9, the best game on the card. You've got Ohio State hosting Oregon, but they're a two-touchdown favorite. So, and I can't really look at that game as one that you have to circle. It's just a, you know, Pac-12 looking for respectability going into the horseshoe uh, to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. But, you know, again, the other big news today with uh, uh, two things. Trevor Bauer, uh, the pitcher for the Dodgers, will not pitch the rest of the year. That news came down today. And again, if you look at the, uh, the, the, the situation with him, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I, I really don't. It's very obvious that the Dodgers do not want him on the team. And it's very obvious that the Dodger players want to distance themselves from that. Can you blame them? I mean, really? Yeah, of course. So be very interesting to see. What happens with Trevor Bauer? He's not going to pitch this year in the rest of this uh, regular season or the playoffs. But, you know, again, if there's no criminal conviction, then you can't take away the man's career, right? So he's going to be pitching next year. 
He's got, what, two years left? He signed a three-year deal for big-time money with the Dodgers. Now he's got two years left on his deal. You know, what do you do in that situation, you know, if you're the Dodgers? That, that, that is not an easy situation right there. I mean, you have a, a guy that is a, I mean, just call it the way it is. He's a sexual deviant, all right? I mean, there's just no other way around it. Now, I'm not saying he broke the law. You know, I understand about consensual, not consensual. I don't have all the facts. So I'm only going by the information and all the tweets that have been put out and made public. All right. The guy is uh, the guy's a sexual deviant. Now, does that mean that he deserves to have his livelihood taken away? No, not if it was a not if he didn't uh, partake in a criminal activity. He'll be pitching next year. So that news came down. Again, we talk about Lalil Collins, the five game suspension. For the Cowboys uh, and their right tackle. You know, I was impressed, really impressed with the Dallas offensive line last night. I, I thought they did a very good job. For the most part, they kept Prescott upright. Uh, he had enough time to throw the ball. He had enough time uh, to find his receivers. So I really thought the offensive line uh, did, a, did a really, really good job uh, for the most part against a very, very good Tampa defense. But again, now you have one game in the books, and it's a loss. And now you know that for the next five games, you're without your starting right tackle in Lalil Collins. That's not the way you want to start uh, if you are the coaching staff of the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the last thing you want, you know, if you're Dak Prescott. I know Prescott has got to be feeling very good with how well he played last night. But, boy, you just do not want to go into games when you were losing uh, starters on the offensive line. All right. I mean, Zach Martin last night, so he'll be back for the game next Sunday, but now you, you, you know, you have to juggle people around. Yeah. That's just, it's not the way you want to start the season. If you are the Dallas Cowboys. So, Hey, get on with me. All right. Let's have some conversation. Hit that, uh, hand icon. I'll put you in queue. And then in about five seconds, uh, you will be on with me. I gave you some picks yesterday. Uh, you know, again, if you want to give me any of your picks in the National Football League, please do. And if you have a lock of the week, a game that you are absolutely certain of, a game that you think there is no way that you can lose, I want to hear that as well. What is it? The uh, what, what do they call it? The uh, suicide pool, right? <laughs> Where you keep on going until you lose and you pick one team every week to win. And it's funny because it's just I always get a kick out of that because normally after September, the, half the people in, in, the, in the pool are already out. So because there were so many upsets in the National Football League, like when you take a look, you know, at a game this week. All right. You look at games and you're going to and you have to pick a team that you absolutely positively think will win. Who is that team that without a doubt, without a doubt you think is going to win. Is there that that unbelievable luck you look at and you go, oh yeah, there's no way they are going to lose. Like I know a lot of people think the Rams are going to be that team, but are you so sure with Stafford playing his first game against that Bears defense? I mean, is that a sure thing? What what else would be a sure thing? Is Is Green Bay at Jacksonville taking on New Orleans, a sure thing? No. I think Rodgers is like 0-6 in the state of Florida the last six games. I think I read some horrific numbers on Rodgers in Florida. 
I mean, I think Green Bay is going to win that game. But is that an absolute lock of a game? Eh, I mean, I don't know. You got to pick a lock. Where's your lock? Right? Where's your lock? Are you going against whoever's playing Jacksonville? Or are you going against, you know, to me, I really think I'd be shocked if Buffalo loses to Pittsburgh. I, I really would. I'd be shocked. You know, and I say that because I'm expecting Buffalo to be the number one seed in the AFC this year. So I would I would be very, very surprised if the Buffalo Bills lost. All right, let's get to uh, some folks that are here on Listen App, and we start with Anita. Anita, good afternoon. I won't ask you how you are, but uh, I know I know that was tough to watch the ending of that game, Anita. I thought that was an absolutely horrible, horrible non-call. But anyway, it's good to talk to you. How are you? Uh, doing fine, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was, and had they played awful all night, and that happened, then it would be harder, but... Um, for me, you know, all I all I really want to see from, you know, teams that I root for, whether it's Dallas or the Kings or the Giants, um, is that they come out and compete, that you come out and you compete, you play hard, uh, you know, you play to the best of your ability, you don't take plays off, you come out and you just give that great effort. So, you know, I, I'm thankful that they were able to do that last night and that, you know, no, no major injuries. I know um, Gallup, you know, might be out for a few weeks and um, the thing with Collins. But for the most part, um, to play against uh, Tampa um, and, and to come out and play that way, um, you know, I was, I was pleased with that. So I, I have no complaints there. Well, I would, I would agree with you. You should be pleased with that. Um, I think that the Cowboys showed, and we saw this last year, Anita, you know, when they're healthy on offense, they're going to score. And it really comes down to the defense. Uh, again, they, they won the turnover margin last night, Anita, but that call at the end of the game, I just, I hate seeing games decided. On. Yeah, that is, that's always tough. And you know, as Kings fans, we, we've been there before and, um, you know, and it's, it's always, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not fun and it happens and unfortunately that's why i'm i'm of the mindset that do the best you can not to be in a position where a game is close enough that a call from um, a ref can cost you the game and i know that's not always possible but as much as possible you know don't have it be so close that it's in their hands anita i hope you have a fabulous weekend uh just curious you remember 20 years ago where you were I sure do, Grant. Um, uh, that was during the time that was, you know, my mom was battling cancer. And every morning before I had to be at school and with my kids in the classroom at 8 a.m. And every morning I would leave my house extra early, 5.30, 6 o'clock a.m. Um, and I would go see my mom. I'd go check on her every single morning. And this particular morning I, I walked to her room because at this time she pretty much was bedridden and go and give you know hug her neck and give her a kiss and how you doing mom and she said look and i'm looking around i'm look at what and she's pointing to the tv and i turn and i look and and that's when the first plane had hit i was late to work that morning you know to say the least because i couldn't believe my mom and i were just there in absolute shock uh, what was going on uh, I have an aunt who works in, uh, lives and works in, lived and worked, or she still does in New York City. So, you know, the first thing we want to know, there's no reason for her to be in the towers, but you still 
you're calling and you're checking in any relatives that live in New York. Um, and it was, um, it was just heart wrenching. I, I don't know what else to say. It was, uh, it was one of the most, you know, in my lifetime, um, horrible things that I've ever uh, witnessed, as, even from a distance, um, Grant. So that's, that's where I was on that day. And it was really hard to go into work that morning and teach my kids. Um, but you know, it's what you do. Well, Anita, I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Thank you very much as always. It's you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's uh, really nice to hear from Anita. You know, it's pretty amazing uh, to hear so many different stories from people and they're all different. I, I share with you, you know, my story and what that was like just watching a flight attendant from American and a pilot from United have a private moment. I can't even imagine what it would be like for them being on those aircraft all the time as their job. That's, uh, you know, again, I'll never forget that. That I will never, ever forget that scene in my kitchen on 9-11-2001. All right, thanks to Anita. If you want to get on, all you got to do is hit the uh, hand icon. And like Anita, I'll put you right on. We've got, uh, again, more talk last night as Anita was talking about some very good comments there. Uh, if you have any favorite games coming up this weekend, we will talk about that uh, as well. Uh, I'll be coming uh, right towards you before you know it on Monday, same time, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. And uh, we'll do this every day. We'll see how many people we can get on this uh, app. If you uh, have friends that you think would want to listen, I would love it if you would pass the information along uh, because I'm going to try to really build this up, kind of make it the way it used to be when I was doing uh, afternoon radio for a couple of hours a day. And I would love to do that. I mean, I would love to get to a point where maybe I'm doing this for, you know, two hours to three hours a day. So those of you that, like Anita, who's on her way home from work, or those that get off at a different time. And by the way, I am going to start putting all of these shows uh, on my podcast platform. And you can also go uh, on to uh, listenapp.co and you can listen there at well at your leisure. All right. So there are different ways. I'll make sure that I put these shows uh, on my platform. And then if you want to go to listenapp.co, you can listen to it at your leisure there as well. So you have a couple of different options because I know not everybody can listen live. I wanted to do it live. I, and the reason why I wanted to do these, a show live is so I could have interaction with people. Now, I want to be able to talk to you. I want to know what you're thinking about. I want to know how you feel about, you know, the games and uh, everything else. So that's important to me. I hope that you understand that that's, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So hit that hand icon. We will get you on and we will have a lot of fun talking about the National Football League. Maybe we won't have a lot of fun talking about 9-11 because there's really nothing fun to talk about. But the memories tomorrow, the 20th anniversary, uh, a lot of ceremonies uh, taking place uh, in Pennsylvania, in Washington, D.C., uh, in New York. And I'm sure that uh, many of us will be talking about that day 
uh, among our families as well. So I would love for it, uh, for you to join me. Uh, if you have a memory, uh, I think all of us would love to hear it. And again, if you want to talk some football, we will do that as well. I told you about Lilio Collins, the right tackle for the Cowboys. He is out for five games. And you have Trevor Bauer. He will not pitch this year for the Dodgers. You know, you think about baseball, that Giants-Dodgers race in the West is absolutely phenomenal. Everyone thought the Dodgers would be where they are. Not a lot of people expected the Giants to have this type of year. And what a type of year it has been. Then you have Tony La Russa and what he's done this year with the White Sox. You look at the, the Yankees who are in an absolute free fall. They may not even make the playoffs. You've got Tampa. You know, Tampa to me, every single year, they're just amazing to me. Every year, you look at their payroll, you look at the players that they lose, and every year they're good. Every freaking year, they're good. And it's unbelievable to me. It really is. It's absolutely unbelievable to me how good they are year in, year out. You know, it's the same thing with the A's. You look at the payrolls, you look at the teams, and you're like, how do they do that? And yet, you look at the end of the year, and they're both fighting for the playoffs. Tampa's going to win the division. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, the question is, can they go and make it one step further this year? When, again, they have very questionable move of taking your starter out in a must-win game in Blake Snell, which, you know, again, you can go back and watch that 100 times. It still does not make sense in any way, shape, or form. So we can talk, if you want to talk some baseball pennant races, uh, again, we can do that, but it's a big football weekend. So I thought we would, you know, take time and and talk about some of these matchups because I'm, I'm really intrigued by a handful of games. There are a lot of games that don't really pique my interest as much because I don't think they're really good matchups, but there are, there are some dandies. There are some absolute dandies of games coming up on a Sunday. And then I think the Monday game, listen, we keep on waiting. Is John Gruden ever going to start winning? You know, he's now entering the fourth year of a 10-year, $100 million contract. You know, at some point, at some point, he's going to have to start winning, right? I mean, I can't imagine Mark Davis firing a guy that after this year will still have, you know, what, $60 million left on his deal, which is absurd. First of all, it was a ridiculously stupid contract to begin with. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, it's not like you were hiring Vince Lombardi, all right? You're hiring John Gruden. I mean, I, it's still, you know, to me, that still makes no sense. I'm not crazy about John Gruden as a coach. I've been saying that for years. I'm just not. I'm not crazy about him as a head coach uh, at all. But, you know, I, I, at what point do you stop running out of excuses? You know, if you're a fan of Las Vegas, boy, didn't that still sound odd calling him Las Vegas? But seriously, at what point do you just go, okay, how many, how, how long are you going to wait? Seriously, how long are you going to wait? And here's the other deal. Is Derek Carr your quarterback? And by that, I mean, is he your future? We keep on talking about that. Is he your future? Is he the guy that's going to get you into the playoffs and win some games? Here's, you know, I talk about the good games. Here are the games that, eh, like the Eagles and the Falcons don't do anything for me. The Vikings and the Bengals do nothing for me. The um, Jaguars and the Texans, that's the worst game of the week. I mean, that's awful. That doesn't do anything for me. 
The other game, Chargers, Washington, eh, you know, I want to see if Herbert can go on the road against that defense. But the games that do intrigue me, uh, the Bills and the Steelers intrigue me, the Jets and the Panthers, because I want to see Zach Wilson against Sam Darnold, obviously the Browns and the Chiefs. I'm really interested to watch the Miami at New England game. And then you have the Sunday night game, because I want to see Matthew Stafford. I want to see how good Stafford is. You know, is Matthew Stafford going to be able to be that guy? You know, it's one thing to have a great arm. And I talked about this with Sean Salisbury. He loves Stafford. He thinks he's going to do excellent with the Rams. And I don't say, I'm not saying he's not, but there won't be any more excuses. You know, you can't say you're in Detroit anymore. You're not in Detroit anymore. You're in LA, you're in the beautiful SoFi Stadium. And you're playing on a team that's got arguably the best defense in football. So there are no more excuses for Matthew Stafford. So I'm, I'm excited uh, for that game. And then, you know, Monday night, the Ravens and the Raiders. I mean, the, the Raiders could not have the table set any better than they have it right now. I mean, ha- it seems like Baltimore, they're getting hurt getting out of the shower in the morning. What are they on their fourth back? They just signed Latavius Murray, who was released by, what, the Saints? You had Dobbins go down in the preseason, their their best back. Then in practice the other day, you had another back go down with an Achilles. You lose Peters, you know, with an ACL defensive back, so you're down a corner. I mean, at what point does that not catch up to you? It's got to catch up to you. So I just, that's a game, you know, if you're a Raiders fan and you lose, and again, I don't want to overreact to one game, but if you're a Raiders fan and you lose week one to a team that has that many injuries, I mean, that's not a good sign of me. That is not a good omen. Now, when you look at the point spreads this week in the National Football League, the again, I talked about Buffalo was given six and a half. I, I still think Buffalo will beat Pittsburgh by more than a touchdown. Uh, if you are a fan of the Niners, they're giving eight. So Detroit is a home underdog. Do you think the Niners win that game comfortably? Would you give the eight points? I, I would not. Home underdogs early in the year normally do okay. I think the Niners will win. I'm not crazy about giving up the eight points. That Carolina Jets game I talked about, Carolina is giving away four. So they're favored by four. The Cleveland-Kansas City game, now that line is down to five and a half. Earlier this week when I was talking to Sean Salisbury, it was at six and a half. I see it right now at uh, five and a half. The Miami-New England game, the Pats are at home, and they're favored by three. Uh, The Rams game, now seven and a half point favorite. That's where the line opened, I believe. Again, the Rams at home, favored by seven and a half over the Bears. And and this is unbelievable to me. So Baltimore. At Las Vegas, that new stadium, place is going to be jumping off the hook. The Ravens are a four-point favorite. I would take the points there and the Raiders in that game. The over-under is 50-and-a-half in that contest. But I'm I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised by that line. I really am. With all the injuries that Baltimore has, four, uh, that, that surprises me a little bit. So if you have your... 
lock of the week, if you have your upset of the week. If I had to pick my upset of the week right now, all right, and by upset, I mean a team that obviously is getting points. If I had to pick my upset of the week, I would pick Miami over New England. Patriots are favored by a field goal. Miami on the road, Tua, big things expected from him. You got Mac Jones playing in his first NFL game, so I think he would be prone to make a mistake or two. I would take the Miami Dolphins to win on the road against New England. Um, I don't think the Giants cover, not cover, I mean, they're, they're favored, they're, excuse me, Denver's favored by three. The Giants are getting three. I think Denver will win that game by more than three. The other game, Philadelphia is at Atlanta, and the Falcons are giving three and a half. I don't have a good read on either of those teams. I just don't. I don't know what to expect with those two teams, Philadelphia at Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to have a better year, but I'm not, I don't know what to expect from Philadelphia. So, and if, if my lock of the week, my absolute positive lock of the week would be San Francisco beating Detroit. I mean, I just don't see San Francisco going on the road with that defense. And if Garoppolo does not turn the ball over, I mean, Kittle should have a big game. I think the offensive line should be able to protect uh, Jimmy G. I, I just, I do not see the San Francisco 49ers losing in Motown. That would surprise me. That would really surprise me. Not saying it's impossible. I just don't see that happening. All right. Hey, if you want to get on with me, hit that hand icon. We will get you uh, right on and you can join me. Why don't we uh, say, how are you? Johnny, go ahead. You're on with Grant. All right. Johnny, you there? All right. I'm going to have to put Johnny back in the audience. For whatever reason, we couldn't make that connection. Uh, and the other, Seattle and Indianapolis. Yeah, the Seahawks, they are a three-point favorite going to take on the Colts. I think Seattle's going to win that game, and I think they're going to win the game comfortably. Like, I really do. I think Seattle is going to win that game running away. I, I'm not sold at all on Wentz and his camp and his injuries. Uh, I love Seattle playing early in the season on the 1 o'clock time zone. They always seem to do very well playing in the Eastern time zone. They they just do. Pete Carroll's, for whatever reason, his team doesn't have any problem playing early. They don't have any problem at all. I like Seattle in that game uh, to beat the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, before we wrap up the weekend here, let me give you my picks real quick. I'm taking Atlanta, giving a three and a half. I'm taking Buffalo, giving six and a half. Uh, I am taking the Vikings, giving three at Cincinnati. I'm taking the Niners over Detroit, giving eight. I like Tennessee at home, giving three to the Arizona Cardinals. I like Seattle, three-point favorite at Indianapolis. I'm going to take Washington, a one-point favorite, to beat the Chargers in Landover. I like Carolina to beat the Jets. They're a four-point favorite. Uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville to beat Houston. Jacksonville's a three-point favorite on the road. I think Houston is a mess. I'm going to take the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence to get on the board early. Uh, Cleveland at Kansas City. I think, I mean, the line's now five and a half. 
I will take Cleveland to keep that game close. I don't think they win, but I'll take the points and take the Brownies. I'm picking Miami. They are getting three at New England. Green Bay, only a three-and-a-half-point favorite at New Orleans. How about that? Only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Why is that line so close? Again, the hot, humid weather is not going to be good for Green Bay. Jameis Winston, hit or miss. He's either really good or he's really bad. Uh, Packers do not play well in Florida. I told you about Aaron Rodgers. But I, I got to believe they're going to win by more than three and a half points, don't you? So I will take Green Bay. I'll give the points. All right. And I'll take the Green Bay Packers to beat New Orleans. Uh, Denver, they're favored by three at New York. I think the Giants offensive line is a real problem. And I think that Daniel Jones will have a real issue holding on to the football against that Denver defense. So I think Denver will win and they will cover. Uh, I'm taking the Rams to beat Chicago, even though they're given a touchdown and a half. So they're given seven and a half points. And then, as we said, Baltimore and Las Vegas. I'm going to take the four points. I'm going to take the Raiders, a home dog against the Baltimore Ravens. That place is going to be off the hook. That is a huge, huge game coming up. Make no mistake about it. That is a huge, huge game for the Raiders early in the season with how bad John Gruden's been in his first three years. Big game for Carr against a MVP candidate in Lamar Jackson. I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to contain Jackson. But I just think the Raiders at home, full house, Ravens beat up. I, 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 I'm I, going to have to go with the Raiders in this game. I really am. So those are my picks. Again, my upset, I got Miami. I've got Miami winning at New England. My lock is San Francisco winning against Detroit. All right. And if you have some picks that you want to get to, I would love to do that uh, as well. All right. Again, if you want to get on, you just hit that hand icon and we will put you right on. I will be back on six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific. All right. Let's see if Johnny can hear me again. Johnny, are you there? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Okay. Sorry about that earlier. My mic was giving me problems. So you kind of stole my thunder a little bit because I was going to say when you were talking earlier about the lock of the week, uh, I am a Niner fan, yes, so I guess I'm a little biased, but there's a key thing that happened today that I think the Niners are just going to roll Detroit, and that's a, they're it's going to start that rookie left tackle. And quite frankly, as good as the Niners, yeah, as good as the Niners' defensive line looks right now and as deep as they are, I just don't see how they're going to hold up. I think uh, – Goff's going to be running for his life that entire game. I agree with you. I think that's going to be a real problem for Detroit. And then conversely, you know, I think Kittle is going to have a huge game. I think that Niners offense with that line will be able to maintain control of the ball. I got to tell you, Johnny, I would be surprised. And I mean, I, I'd be very, very surprised if the Niners don't win this game. Yeah, I can see it being close maybe in the first half. That's It's first game of the season and all that. But yeah, once the Niners get rolling at, even the run game, it's going to be tough for Detroit to do anything on either side of the ball to stop them. At least that's my opinion. Johnny, I appreciate so. you uh, joining me here on Listen Up, man. You have a great weekend, okay? For sure, man. Miss you here in Sacramento, by the way. Thanks, Johnny. I really appreciate that. Okay. Uh, thank you very yep. much for your kind words. and uh, All right. Good stuff right there from Johnny. Again, San Francisco, he also feel I, – I wouldn't be surprised if it's close in the first half. I mean, these games normally – have a tendency to be that early and then they you get a little separation 
But, you know, when I look at Detroit, they got a fiery coach in Campbell and the way they, they you know, they're, 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 <laughs> they're not going to get outworked. I will just tell you that that's not going to happen, but they don't have the talent that San Francisco has. And I think this is, you know, for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers with a bounce back, you know, type of a year based on all the injuries that they had last year. I think this is, this is, I mean, this is an important start for San Francisco because first of all, they're taking on a team that they should absolutely beat. All right. That's number one. And number two, when you look at that division, it's really, really good. And you just do not want to fall behind early. If you look at the Rams, they're projected to be a double-digit win team. Seattle's always Seattle. You know, and Arizona's got a dynamic quarterback, and they have, you know, a pretty talented team. You know, if you're looking at this from the Niners' perspective, these are games that you don't get back. All right? You don't get a chance to play Detroit later in the year. You know, you got to jump on these games. You have to take advantage of the schedule when you can. You got to erase last year. Again, all the injuries and everything that happened to San Francisco. If you were to go on the road and lose this game to Detroit, first of all, you're going to have a major quarterback controversy in week two of the NFL season. But you're also going to have a team that I would not think would be entering the second week of the season uh, with a lot of confidence. So uh, I, I agree with Jordan. I agree with everything that he just said. I think the Niners defense is going to have a field day against golf and that Detroit offense. I think that is absolutely uh, spot on. So again, we're going to rev this up next week. All right. I want to let you know that on Monday, we are going to have a huge NFL show. We're going to go over the 49ers. We're going to preview more of the Raiders game. We are also going to talk about some of the big matchups. We're going to go over them. And of course, there will be some other things that happen between now and Monday that are very topical, uh, big news. Fortunately, as we sit here on Friday, there have been no more COVID cases in the National Football League, but maybe you wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden your favorite team's got a COVID issue. That's what you're going to have to deal with uh, this week in the National Football League. And also, if you did not get a chance to listen to my podcast today, I really encourage you to listen to my interview with Bob Papa. That story of the New York Giants playing the night before in Denver in a night game, flying all night, landing at Newark Airport on the morning of 9-11, and the New York Giants charter, their United Aircraft, parked right next, right next to Flight 93 that went down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Bob Papa talks about that. He talks about how often he used to go on that flight to the West Coast when he had to do boxing and other sports. He talked about walking past the gate area and there were people in there and he's saying to himself, gee, you know what? I walked right by the terrorist. I mean, walk right by the waiting room or the gate area. Walk right by it and then talks about that morning. Talks about being in that area of the country where every day you drove to the stadium and you would see all the smoldering smoke coming out of lower Manhattan and how there were cars left in the parking lot because that was a park and ride area as well for people to commute to the city that were there for weeks and weeks. And the reason for that is because some of those people 
worked in the Trade Center. They never left the Trade Center. Really uh, gut-wrenching conversation with Bob Papa and his analyst, Dick Lynch, the great former Giant. Bob and Dick Lynch called the games for the New York Giants. And Dick's son was in the South Tower and didn't make it out that day. We talk about all of those things on my podcast today with Bob Papa, if you don't like that. And again, I don't know where you were. I don't know if you were old enough. I don't know if you were born yet on 9-11. But I gave you some of my thoughts. I did my podcast today just on 9-11 because I think today or and tomorrow are days that we should really take a couple moments and think about all of those that perished on that day and how many lives were lost and how many other lives were turned upside down because their loved ones never made it home. Their loved ones never got off the airplane. Their loved ones went to work as firefighters, as police, as first responders, and they never made it out. And they perished that day with so many others in the trade centers. So I I think that we should take at least a couple of moments and uh, think about all of those that uh, perished on that day. With that said, I'm going to say have a great weekend. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me here on Listen App. Monday, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, we are going to have one heck of a show. And we're going to build this thing, tell your friends, and let's make this a, a daily, daily event. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. Stay safe, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.